This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone, and with me today is Pastor Matt from Bellcroft Bible Church. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, but my GPMs are high. GPMs are high. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> you all can't see the GPMs, the, the gestures per minute, but I am privy to them every single day. Uh, you had to back up, you had to back up a few times last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think that's why God created pulpits. <laughs> so you you can you can flail your arms as much as possible and and and, and you know do the do the whole uh, trying to bring people in and all that and and you don't have to worry about hitting anybody in the head. So. Oh, it's 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 a blessing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we're in this ongoing uh, conversation about marriage, and uh, uh, I need to go back to have uh, Matt you highlight one very very important uh key and this is actually something personally i've struggled with a lot Mm. and the reason behind it is because um marriage for me has taught me how selfish i really am that's it and with that being the case um that is a part of my sanctification um but can you kind of flesh that out a little bit (laughs) no pun intended yeah uh but the uh you know kind of give us a little bit more about uh, the sinfulness and the selfishness of man. Yeah. Uh, why that is a very big, you know, uh, point to hit when we're talking about marriage. So uh, before marriage, right? You live, you're you're single, and again, I don't. We're focusing so much on marriage. I do not want to miss the blessedness of singleness, right? Mm-hmm. In that, uh, Paul uh, is clear that singleness uh, uh, sometimes is a gift from the Lord, and yeah. and to be uh, enjoyed in in the blessing that that brings for ministry and uh and uh, i you know i can speak very clearly uh so a person who is single and doesn't and doesn't have the desire to be married is far better off for ministry because their freedom and their flexibility and their time and all of that and paul speaks very clearly about that first corinthians 7 and and uh and other places and so uh, i don't want to sound uh an alarm for those who aren't married and honestly don't have a desire to be married as if there's something wrong with them. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just it is just primarily the norm uh, for most people that God's design is for them to be married, and most people have a desire for that, and that's, and that's a blessing. And, of course, marriage is spoken of so often in Scripture, and, again, as we're, as we're highlighting a primary point in, in man's sanctification, not that uh, singles can't be sanctified, they will be sanctified. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will use uh, other means, uh, ultimately, as he will for all of us, his word through his spirit by uh, the blessing of the church. But most assuredly, marriage is a huge tool in that, and that's what we're looking at and and have talked about a couple times now. But one thing that uh, comes up for singles or for marriage is the selfishness of our heart. Mm -hmm. We are selfish selfish creatures to the core. It's all about us. Um, The Bible makes that crystal clear multiple times in multiple ways. It it it, ex, it it expounds upon that by exhortation, by explanation, by illustration. I mean, anywhere you want to go, you can see it in Scripture. And uh, sadly, why it gets so highlighted in marriage and why marriage is so helpful to this is that in marriage, again, assuming a God-honoring marriage, meaning a, a desire to be God-honoring, mm-hmm. you are called to live selflessly. Mm-hmm. 
You are called to sacrifice continually for your spouse. Mm -hmm. You are called to die to yourself, put aside all all of your hopes, dreams, aspirations, desires, whatever they may be, and seek to fulfill those of your spouse. You're to do that 24-7. You're to do that without complaining, without uh, murmuring, without uh, backbiting. Mm -hmm. You're to do that with the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an impossible task apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from the Word of God ruling and reigning in your life. And so immediately you're confronted because we don't live that way, Mm -hmm. especially as singles because we're not thrust in that environment. We can do a lot for ourselves because we have time. We have freedom. We have finances where you know we're serving we're doing things and now we have all this free time of course go on vacation do this do that buy that enjoy that there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. as long as it's not uh, contrary to god's word right and uh, but in marriage it's not so right it's not so at all mm-hmm. you don't have free time honestly if we're i was thinking about it even today as a matter of fact i was thinking about how all the things I used to like to do, which I still like to do them, I just never do them. Mm-hmm. Never. It's not because I don't want to. I have absolutely no time. Yeah. <laughs> because my time is spent, one, serving the Lord, but then serving my family. Mm-hmm. I get done serving my family. I don't know how guys do what they do and spend the weekends hiking or fishing or hunting or whatever. Like I, I can do that like once or twice a year yeah. and I'm done. Like I, I can't do anymore. I, I just got too much to do. Mm-hmm. My honey to do list is like never ending. My kids need me. My wife need. It's just like, I can't do that. Especially with younger children. Yes. I mean, you just, yeah. you, when, you have things, other things that you have to do. My house needs uptaking. Yeah, yeah. When you get older and the kids are gone, of course there's a season of life and that's a blessing mm-hmm. and you can, you can do some more of those things and, and that's good. But for those of us that have young families and, um, I mean, I've been married 25 years and I still haven't reached that point. Right. Yeah. But, um, so it, anyway, my point is the, um, marriage highlights that because we have to confront it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so helpful because it needs to be confronted. We should be doing it anyway, because we're supposed to live for the glory of Christ no matter what, but we often are hidden under the glory of ourselves in marriage Marriage doesn't let that hide. It brings it out. And so uh, um, at the end of the day, one of the, I think, probably the most important verse on marriage is not the verse people go to. Most people will go to Colossians 3, Ephesians 5, which are powerful verses in marriage. Mm -hmm. But I say the most important verse in marriage is Matthew 22, Mm -hmm. 37 to 40. Mm -hmm. This is by far the... I think the foundation verse for all God-honoring marriages, I think this is the verse that's the key to unlock the treasure trove of a, of a blessed marriage. You find a good marriage, a godly marriage, a sweet marriage that pleases and praises Christ, you will find Matthew 22, 37 to 40 as its core. This is the secret to sweet blissful marriage right here now, let me read it for you then 20 matthew twenty two thirty seven. yep all right and he said to him you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the great and first commandment and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commands depend uh, these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets now that's a powerful passage because mm-hmm. he's basically said all of the old testament essentially all of the word that they had, the law and the prophets, he's summarizing all of Scripture at that point, essentially summarized. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, th- look, Jesus does what I could never do. Be concise. <clears throat> right. I just preached the whole Old Testament to you, Jesus <laughs> says, in these two verses. Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And now love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's it's all about that new testament as well it's all about this right here and uh, so when you pair marriage down this is really what it's about and it and it goes like this it's the vertical relationship that is first and foremost it takes precedence over everything your individual relationship with god so as a husband or a wife what matters most in your marriage is not your love for your spouse Mm -hmm. it's not your love for your children it's ultimately the one thing that matters most is your love for the Lord. Mm-hmm. If your love for the Lord is what it should be and growing, then your marriage will be growing to be what it should be. Mm. That's the key. So it's that first part, loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you're loving, buddy, if you're loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then loving your wife as Christ loved the church is is it's going to be hard it's going to be impossible apart from Christ mm-hmm. but it's going to be a desire that you're going to have mm-hmm. it's going to be a mission you're going to want to fulfill because you're loving the Lord your God and this is how that love comes out is what through obedience yeah. obedience and love always go hand in hand they're they're in many ways synonymous according to Christ mm-hmm. right if you love me then keep my commandments what is he saying love is synonymous with obedience right and so he he so it is with this. If you're loving God vertically, then you will love your neighbor horizontally. And in marriage, your your closest neighbor is your wife, mm-hmm. right? And so the key, the number one thing in a in a godly marriage is a God honoring relationship with God, with Christ, with uh, with uh, the Lord God. And so that's the number one thing. So the best thing you can do is not focus on working on your communication skills with your wife. The best thing you can do is work on your walk with your Lord and your communication skills with your wife will get better. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't work on those. You can. And absolutely. We can have a long discussion on that. The Bible says a lot about it, but it that pales in comparison. If all you do, I had a couple not too long ago come in the office and say, we need help with communication. Guess what? 20 minutes into it, it was obvious. It's not a communication issue. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship issue with God. Wow. That's the way it goes. It's Mm -hmm. always that. Mm -hmm. It is always. If the horizontal relationship breaks down, rest assured, the vertical did. And it's not only that way in marriage. It's that way with you and I. We're we're brothers in Christ, and we're without reservation friends. Mm -hmm. We are good friends, and I love it. Mm -hmm. If this relationship between you and I breaks down... Either your side, my side, both sides, rest assured, something is not right vertically. Mm -hmm. That's what ultimately breaks the horizontal. Either there's hidden sin in one of our lives or both of our lives, or our doctrine is going awry, Mm -hmm. and and, and because the vertical isn't right, it puts tension on the horizontal. Mm -hmm. And that's why the vertical is always what matters most. Walk with Christ as you should. You'll be able to walk with your brother as you desire, as you want, as we need to. So it is in marriage. So the wife that, like I said a minute ago, the wife that struggles to submit with her husband, it's not her husband's fault, though he may be uh, an unbeliever and may even be an ungodly man. Mm -hmm. But that's not the issue. The issue is she's struggling to submit to God. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean her submission to her husband will be easy, but it will it will mean as she submits to God, she'll understand what she needs to do, and she'll have the right motivation, the right heart desire, 
the right the right love. It's not going after the love of her husband. It's going after her husband because of the love she has for her Lord. Mm-hmm. That's huge, massive. Yeah, yeah that that's, drives everything. That's good. Um, so, so vertical, go horizontal, mm-hmm. vertical. Hor- you got to always think in that paradigm. Mm-hmm. And I and I was going to kind of share with folks. Uh, me and my wife have come in and had a conversation, uh, a, a couple of conversations with uh, with Matt about this and. Uh, on his whiteboard, he loves his whiteboard. Um, <laughs> he uh, actually drew a picture of basically uh, God and then uh, me and my wife, and then they both pointed to God. Like that is the 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 first thing. Like mm-hmm. that's the first thing. Then you know he pointed you know from one side to the other, me to my wife, and then that would be so kind of picture like a triangle. Mm-hmm. So picture in a triangle, both are going towards this. And, you know, the, the the entire concept really made me think a lot because what we tend to do as humans, um, especially when it is a spouse uh, yeah. in this case um, or another person, uh, we tend to rely on that person way more yeah. uh, than we try to rely on Christ. Absolutely. So instead of us having a conversation or, you know, having, uh, you know, pursuing godliness and pursuing Christ. Uh, we pursue a better relationship with that person. Yeah. Uh, not only does that uh, skew our, 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 our vision, but it also uh, puts a lot of pressure on that person. Yes. Um, and, and that person isn't able to, and uh, you said it the last time, uh, you know, he's, he's going to fail. She's yeah. going to fail. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so it, why it's so important, it's always about where's your focus in mm-hmm. life, always. And for oftentimes in marriages, sometimes it's the husband, but oftentimes it's the wife, where their focus is horizontal, mm-hmm. where a wife will, will her whole life is her husband. Mm-hmm. He, he is given to her to satisfy her, to provide for her, to protect her, to adore her, to elevate her. All these things in her mind she can only find in her husband. And some of those she should have with her husband. He is the protector, the provider, and and the warrior and all those things. However, he will never do that to the full satisfaction that she desires. It's impossible. She's looking for something that only God can bring. Mm-hmm. It's oh, we are to find our provision, our protection, our uh, encouragement, our satisfaction, which is all part and parcel of one word, joy. Mm-hmm. We are to find our ultimate unending joy in one place and one place alone, and that's God the Father through Christ. Mm-hmm. There is no one else that can meet that. There is no one else that can that can provide that mm-hmm. unstopping, right, mm-hmm. without end, only, only that. So in marriage, it's often lost sight. It's like my husband's not doing this. My wife's not doing that. Uh, okay, yeah, I know. They're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. What about God? He has never, he'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? Mm-hmm. You're to be looking to him as your satisfaction, him as your protection and all, and, and so on and so forth. So it's, and going back to the whiteboard, what you were saying, that reality of pursuing the vertical individually, key is individually, because you never know what the other person is doing because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Even in a, even in a, because no doubt people listening, um, maybe it's a wife or a husband and one or the other is not, living for the Lord, not honoring the Lord. And you know what? At the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about that. You're called to honor the Lord. 
you're called to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You can't make the other person do that. Mm -hmm. That's why your vertical relationship is pivotal, no matter what the other person does. That's why I highlight individually. It starts individual. Mm -hmm. It starts with your walk with, with the Lord. And then what happens is you're pursuing God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then you overflow to the other person. Mm -hmm. It's the overflow of love. And so you're loving the Lord with all your heart, and that love overflows to the other person. So you're loving your wife through the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're loving the Lord and then loving your wife. Mm -hmm. And it's through that that your love is purified. Your love is is God-honoring. Your love is Christ-like. Because, again, Christ loves us, but his love for us, again, this is the contemporary church demented in its view of Christ and God. God, there's something that that God loves way more than us. What's that? Himself. Hmm. God has a greater love for himself than he does for us, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Christ did what he did, not specifically for us, though he clearly has a love for us. I don't deny that. But that's secondary. Christ was motivated to go to the cross, not for us, ultimately. He was motivated to go to the cross, ultimately, for his love for the Father. It was the love for the Father that drove him, not the love for his own, for us. It was ultimately the love that he has for the Father that drove him in love for us. Hmm. So it is with us. We are to be It's so in love with the Father that it drives us then to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can love your enemy, as we're commanded to in Matthew 6. But most assuredly, that's how you love your wife and your children, even when they're unlovable, and they will be. You do it because you're doing it through the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, this comes up all the time. Let me just read a passage of Scripture and show you how it's that motivation, that love for the Lord that drives us. Um, take a passage of Scripture that gets brought up often in marriage counseling or in marriage situations, right? And at uh, the end of Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Again, if Scripture stopped there, it would be like, okay, but it gives us the motivation, the reasoning. Mm-hmm. As God in Christ so forgave you, hmm. so you go and forgive one another. This mm-hmm. is this is this is it, right? It's, so it's the overflow. You're relishing, you're reveling in what God has done for you in your love for Him. Then you go and do for your wife. Yeah, That's, I want to I want to make sure that that is uh, highlighted because um, that. You know, when we had that conversation, that's what really helped me, because what I started to do is as I started to grow in Christ uh, and and develop uh, a stronger relationship in Christ, it made me realize that, you know what? One, my wife is going to fail me, which is okay because I fail her. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But the other thing is that uh, Christ has offered me so much grace and forgiveness as, as yep. you know, uh, Ephesians four was talking about. Yep. Uh, so I should have that same thing, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven, Yep. you know? So for me, that was a very helpful, you know, kind of analogy looking to Christ. And then from there, uh, that's where everything, uh, comes from. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 huge. Mm-hmm. And that reality of Christ's love for the Father drove him, right? It was he loves the lost, he loves his own, most specifically as God does, 
but it was ultimately that Trinitarian love that we don't think, again, back, back to the gospel, we don't think deep enough and biblical enough is the right way. So it is in Scripture, right? The Trinitarian love, the love between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is so great, so deep, so vast, so sufficient, so, so satisfying. God does not save us because he needs us. He had the perfect love he could ever have, complete love, satisfying love in the Trinity. But that's what makes his love for us so exciting because he didn't need us, but he came anyway. But he came, right, out of love for his son. Why? Because he wants his son to be exalted. He wants his son to be honored. Yeah. He wants his son to be praised, as it says in Philippians 2. He's, gonna, he's given him the name that is above every name. And what? Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Why? Because of what his son did in dying for us. Mm-hmm. The son so loves the father. He wants the father to be exalted, honored. And this father is what? As, as we are saved and bear fruit to the father and glorify the father. So you, you can see how that vertical, if you will, relationship within the Trinity drives also. It's a model for us. So it must be for us. We must love God first and foremost with, a, with an unquenchable love that just never is satisfied in that you can't get enough of it. Philippians 3, that's what drove Paul. And it's out of that then you love your mm-hmm. spouse, yeah. your love. So that's the secret. That's the core. That's the foundation of a God-honoring marriage, of a satisfying marriage, not a perfect marriage, but a perfecting marriage, one that will perfect you and perfect your partner as you grow in perfection by way of God's providence. You do it all through Matthew 22, 37 to 40. That's that's the key. You take that away, and everything else is secular psychology. Like, yeah. it has to start there. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So, um... Uh, a, a small transition, I would say, uh, because as we uh, as men are uh, growing our relationship and, and pursuing godliness, um, it's good to for us to understand why uh, we are who we are. Uh, so with that, what as far as men are concerned? Yeah. Um, with a little bit of time we have left. Yeah. Uh, what What is it that we, you know, where should we start as men? We're already in the marriage or yeah. we're, you know, getting there. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, you know, whether we're single, whether we're courting, uh, however it would be. Yeah. Um, where do we start as far as men are concerned, especially, you know, towards that? Great question. Love it. Um, yeah. So you always got to start with... Uh, you always have to have the right evaluation of yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I mean, all my years in ministry, I've never met anybody that has the right evaluation of themselves, right? <laughs> because we're all blind and, and uh, deceived and, and we, we battle incessantly 24-7 with a liar that lives within us. It's mm-hmm. called our heart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you have to constantly be checking your heart. You have to constantly be recalibrating your heart. You have to constantly be fighting your heart. And so you start there. You start with the fact that you are selfish, that you are self-centered, that you are self-serving, that you are prideful, that you don't know what God has called you to, and you need to humble yourself, right? And uh, I, I had looked this up earlier, and then I went to another passage, but uh, um, James uh, is, a, is a helpful passage mm. just on the starkness of this. Um, yeah, James says... Uh, um, for where there is jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice 
right? Well, that, that, that sadly is the mark of many marriages, right? Because mm-hmm. there's jealousy and selfish ambition. He goes on in chapter four and he says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? A lot of marriages marked by quarrels and fights. Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? What does that mean? Verse two, you desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly. Here it is. To spend it on your passions. It's all about self, this whole thing. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And on it goes. Okay, so... (laughs) You start there. Yeah, this 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 is where the podcast needs to, needed to start well, right here. Oh, this is a perfect segue to the next one. Yeah, this yeah, because this is uh, <laughs> I have so many questions right now. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ is this: God is completely holy. He's amazing, but he's he's very holy, and uh, we are sinful man. Uh, Jesus was his propitiation uh, for his wrath. Uh, to soothe his wrath and uh, we have a choice to uh, accept it or reject it thank you for tuning into the truth talks podcast Uh, please come back next time to hear all of the questions that i have from matt take care (laughs) delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth a ministry of bell crop bible church